Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Excited to be back. Yeah, absolutely. So now, now it's the villains show. The last time we had you, it was it was Mr. Serious Aaron Simmons show. Tonight, it's a little different flavor. It's the cookout. It's hosted by yours truly, the villain. So, uh, but it's just me and you tonight. Uh, we got other chefs that will we'll call, they'll call in a little later to talk some shop. But I, I definitely wanted to connect with you on all things New York Giants. So, how are you feeling tonight? Good. Good. I, I am anxiously um, stalking Giants.com and Twitter to see if there are any updates on contracts because I am dying <laughs> to know which guys we are keeping here and who is going. Yeah, you know, this is like probably one of the, the most fun off-seasons um, that as a Giants fan that we could be in store for because usually it's like what misery can they put us through and, you know, what what do we need yeah. all this stuff? And now we're in this, this weird situation of all right who do we keep who do we lose what do we how do we rebuild this how do we build this team 
you know, it's such a it's such a different feeling for New York uh, making the playoffs for the first time since 2016, actually picking up a, a postseason win against the Minnesota Vikings before falling to the to the Eagles in the divisional round. But you know, Adriana, like, talk to me about this season. I mean, you know, we we obviously we lamented on it uh, a week or so ago on the NFL free for all on uh, Tuesday nights nine o'clock Eastern uh, Standard Time. Shameless plug. Um, but, you know, talk to me about how this season came to, you know, just just how the 2022 season. Talk to me about it. So, overall, as a fan, I feel like it was a great season. And I know it didn't end that we wanted it the way that we wanted it to, but I think you can't judge the whole season based on one really bad performance. So right. I feel really good about it. Um, I feel like, you know, a lot of what I have seen and read about this team is the camaraderie and the accountability and the teamwork. Just, I really, I love this team. I love the coaching staff. I think there's so much good that came out of this season that I'm a little sad to feel like next year, it's not going to be exactly the same. I think there's part of that that's good, but part of that that's not so good. But I just, I think as a Giants fan, like, how could you not feel good, right? Like, this team was right. predicted to maybe get a maximum of five wins. Not only did they get nine wins, they, they, they made it to the playoffs and they won a playoff game for the first time in 11 years. I mean, I know it would have been better if, you know, we played well against the Eagles, but I just still think that when you look at that alone, it's amazing compared to what we've been watching the last couple of years. And then, you know, you take what happened this season and all of the good, and then you just go into the off season and think it's only going to get better. We have nine draft picks. There's a possibility that we're going to have 11. We have almost 60 million in cap space before we make cuts. And now the NFL just increased the cap space. So we should have a little bit more. And, you know, I just, I feel really optimistic about everything. And I just, I feel really good about the way things went this season. You know, I've been talking to some other fans, of course, and, you know, I think some people are a little disappointed in guys like Evan Neal and Tavon Thibodeau, who obviously picked as highly as they were. I think they expected a little bit more out of them, which I totally understand. But I think you have to look at the whole picture, right? They both dealt with injuries, and they're both rookies. And, you know, Kayvon was barely getting any help on the other side. Evan Neal's going against some of the best other tackles in the league. And he just had to learn in the line of fire. And it is what it is. And I just – I'm not worried about guys like that for the future. I think they are only going to get better. And I think that that's another thing coming out of this season that's good. And, you know, we can talk about Andrew Thomas, about what he went through in the first couple of years and what he's right, been right. this year. I mean, he's just been a staple on this team that, um, that, yeah, I just, I feel really good about a lot of things coming out of this season. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of this season was going to be a prove it uh, for a lot of guys. Um, rookie head coach, um, you know, rookie GM, you know, to, to, to add on to that, but a quarterback that, you know, when I wrote my article about in the off season and then leading into the season on, on Sports City Chef's website, you know, I said, you know, you, there's no way that you, ex, you you pick up Daniel Jones' option for the fifth year. Um, it, and, and at that point, th- this time last year, it was justified because he hadn't shown you anything. He was injury prone. Um, he had a good first, you know, year and then, 
you know, rapidly declined. Um, so he was on a prove it. Saquon Barkley coming off a, a terrible knee injury where he was not really too available too much um, coming off of that ACL tear uh, against the Chicago Bears. Couldn't really, couldn't extend him. You had to let him, you know, either trade him or you had you got. Now you got two guys that you got to find a way to keep, in my opinion. Um, two, yep. I, I agree with you. Evan, Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau, they came in with a lot of hype, number five and number seven out of the draft. But I think to see where they came from early on, you know, remember Kayvon had that freakish injury in the preseason, and it took him a little bit to get back into shape, right, to get into football shape. And then, you know, you're thrown into the fire, like you said, against some really good tackles. So um, it, it takes a while, right? It takes a while for, for a defensive lineman to really start to make that impact. Um, I think by the end of the season, you saw him really kind of get into it, you know, come into his own and really impact the game, not only from a pass rush perspective, but chasing down running backs, uh, making big plays, you know, forcing fumbles like against uh, Taylor Heineke. So I, I, I thought by the end of the season, he really rounded into shape and, and we saw flashes of what he could be. Evan Neal, again, he struggled too, to your point early in the season, but then as, as the season wore on, um, he had that injury. But when he came back, I think in the run game, he's he's outstanding. I think he's a plus grade. In the passing game, he kind of it, – it's it's different. You know, even though you're in the SEC, you don't see guys like, like Dexter, you know, like, like – not Dexter, like you don't see defensive ends every week like you're going to see in the pros. And – I think that was a learning experience, just like it was for Andrew Thomas. So I, I think by the end of the season, I think he did improve. I think he did get better. And I think he's good enough to, to build on that for the next season. So the, it, it was, like you say, it was a great season. Nobody expected them to get nine wins and get into the playoffs. I mean, we were riding high when we were 6-1, and 7-2. Um, you know, we ran into some tough games. But um, I, I think you finally solved that conundrum of, getting a head coach in here. I think Joe Judge was – he was a, just hot air, right? I think the coaches before that, mm-hmm. I don't even want to say their names. I don't even want to say their names, right? Um, they just they just don't command the way that Brian Dable did. He, you finally got a coach. I think Joe Shane, every move he made, I think he hit. I, 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 I have to be honest. Like, I even criticized the, the, the Robinson draft pick, and – you know, God, if he didn't get hurt, how much of an impact could he have had this season? So I think he had a really good draft. He had a, a really handicapped, you know, as far as free agency. But I think he did what he could to fill some holes. He brought in some nice guys like Ward on the defensive side. Um, you know, everybody that he pretty much brought in played a role on this team. So from that perspective, I couldn't be happier. I don't know if you agree or disagree with how, how Shane, his first season as GM went. Definitely. And one more thing that I wanted to touch on with Kayvon, too, and I know that, you know, he's a rookie and he's going to have to learn, but he got held at least once every single game. And (laughs) his whole, I think he only had one holding call the entire year. So 
I think that's another thing that's also really going to improve his game is I don't know what he has to do. I mean, I heard from some people that he needs to learn how to sell it a little bit more, throwing the hands in the air. I don't know. Whatever he needs to do, someone better teach him how to do it this offseason because the lack of holding calls that he was getting is ridiculous. And I think that once he can figure out the right way to sell it or whatnot, then that's going to make a huge difference. I also kind of feel like part of it is, you know, when you're going against teams like the Eagles and the Cowboys, like, I mean, I have no basis on saying this, but I kind of feel like it's a little bit of the older guys just being like, hey, you're a rookie, like deal with it. Welcome to the league type of thing. So you never know. That could have been a reason why um, why he never got those holding calls, but that was some garbage. But I will say um, I am I could not be happier with the way that Joe Shane and Brian Dable have handled things. I think mm-hmm. it comes out in the locker room. It comes out on the field. It comes out in, the, in everyone who works in that building, and you can see the difference in every aspect of this organization, how they have changed things. And, you know, Xavier McKinney recently did an interview, and I only caught part of it the other day and he was mm-hmm. saying you know how there was really a lack of communication the last couple of years and that they wouldn't even you know after games when they had to go and watch film that they didn't even want to watch it because they knew it was going to be such a miserable experience of getting yeah. yelled at and being told that they were doing everything wrong and it just was not a welcome environment is what it sounds like so I, I think that you can really see the difference in the way that these players that they love each other and I mean for Leo Williams I don't know if you saw this to come out and say to the media after the game that he loves Dexter Lawrence so much that he is willing to take a pay cut to stay on the team team and play with him is incredible and I know he probably backtracked a little bit after that being like oh shoot (laughs) my my agent's gonna come for me but I mean you you don't hear that every day especially from someone like him who is a veteran he's been in the league in a long time he's got an insane contract deal I mean to hear and see things like that I think you can it's a really good example of what Brian Dable has done with this team and it's incredible. So I am I am so impressed with the work that he's done and I feel like it's only going to get better and the fact that, you know, not only were all the players buying into whatever he was selling, whatever he was saying in the locker room, it was working. And you know, whatever was happening in the past, whatever they were trying to get the players to do and say and and perform or whatever, it obviously wasn't working. So I think that there's a difference that whatever Dable is saying, I think not only is he more personable and genuine and cares about the players and treats them like his children and, and blah, 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 blah. Um, that I think mm-hmm. it's very evident that um, wh- whatever he's teaching them is obviously working. We can see it on the field week in and week out. And, you know, I feel like Joe Shane really nailed it with the draft picks. And I felt the same way that you felt that I was like, who is this Wondell Robinson guy? But <laughs> I, um, I, I liked a lot of the other picks, especially the fact that they got Neil and Kayvon. And, you know, I think we saw it this year. We saw guys like Cordell Flott step up. And I think that we're only yeah. going to see more of that over the next few years between him and Belton and, you know, Micah McFadden and, um, what's his name, who missed the entire season with an injury. I mean, we we have so – I think there's three or four draft picks who have either um, ACLs, MCLs, or some sort of other issue. Joshua Zudu's right. out. I mean, so we're going to get some other guys back, Darian Beavers. So um, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to it. And we got a whole nother slew of draft picks coming in. So I just feel – 
I just feel really optimistic, and I feel like as a Giants fan that I just hope that everyone feels the same way because I think that Joe Shane has proven to us that not only does he know what he's doing, um, we've seen it on the field. We've seen success, so I'm excited. Right. You just got that vibe when, when he was introduced that, and you knew he came from an organization that knew how to pick talent in Buffalo, right? But I could just tell yeah. when I saw him, like, this guy gets it. He's he's, you know, I I, I miss the old regime that we had, you know, uh, 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 with Jerry Reese and company. But um, I, I felt like he he was in that vein. Like he could he can pick some guys because Reese had some some he had some down drafts, but he had some really good drafts where he had some home runs. And that's where you gotta that's where you gotta build, especially if you're trying to build the team from the. And you're so right about um, just the culture change and how um, these guys felt like. They, they, it was it was a joy to be around, and, and you know they didn't have to worry about getting yelled at because, as much as I love Patrick Graham, our former defensive coordinator, his his defensive game plan is good, but it's complicated, right? So it's like when you're trying to play a zone blitz, and it's it's easy once you if you don't miss, you know if you blow your assignment, this guy's running wide open, and that's a lot of what was happening last season. You know, Wink Martindale mm-hmm. has a really simple kind of blitz package. It's more blitz man, right? So, um, and 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 it was getting the guys were getting home, right? The the blitz was was it was exotic enough, but it was simplified enough so that they can get a free rusher. Guys knew what they were doing. Guys were out of position, and that was one of the differences I saw this year from last year. Guys were in position on defense, and they were making tackles. There weren't a lot of missed tackles, so it was it was the details that these guys brought to the system, Kafka on offense and Wink Martindale on defense, that made a big difference because it was mostly the same players. But you can tell they were being coached up a lot better. And and, and, there, and that made the difference. And, and give that coaching staff a lot of credit. Uh, a coaching staff, I hope, that doesn't get poached because um, Kafka's got a second interview, I think I saw, with, um, oh, yeah. I think it was Arizona. So, Listen, no touchy. You can't have it. You can't have it. Go away. But uh, I'm glad we probably going to stay. You know, I, but, you know, listen, everybody wants that hot coordinator, you know, that, that flavor of the moment. So we'll see what happens with that. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting, though, um, Adriana, uh, with this off season. So, you know, there's some holes that we got to plug. Um, I mean, position-wise, I know what I'm, I think is probably the biggest need in the offseason, but for you, position-wise, what do you think – you could rank it by, you know, first, second, third, what have you, but where are the positions that you think we need the Giants to have the most need and must address before heading into the 2023 season? I mean, to me, it's got to be wide receiver and linebacker. I – I would mm-hmm. add offensive linemen either, or I guess both centers and guards to that. And, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a cornerback too and a defensive end, but, you know, I would mm-hmm. say, you know, there's definitely a couple, but to me, you know, we do have Joshua Zudu. We are going to get him back and see what he can do. We are going to get DJ Davidson back. You know, we're going to yep. get um, Darian Beavers back, which I think all of that's going to help. But I just think that when you watch that Eagles game, I mean, we can't stop the run for the life of us. And to watch guys like Miles Sanders – 
Gainwell and Boston Scott just run all over us was absolutely painful. So to me, linebacker is an absolute must, at least one. Ideally, I'd like to. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about Tremaine Edwards possibly being um, in free agency, possibly being an option. And, you know, there's all this insane talk about T. Higgins being an option. But in my opinion, that's never going to happen. But, um, you know, I, to me, those are, those are the top two because I think they will really shape both the offense and the defense. I think having, you know, another really good wide receiver is going to make a huge difference for Daniel on this offense. And I feel like having another linebacker or two is really going to make an impact on the defense. So I would say those are my top two, even though I I would, I would tack on a couple more to that, but I think those might be the most (laughs) important from my perspective. Do you bring back uh, Feliciano? In, in gates in the interior, or do you try to replace them through free agency or draft? I, I'm kind of torn on this because I personally, I like Nick Gates better. I yeah. think that Feliciano might have played just a little bit better, but he also had a lot more playing time than Gates. And he was kind of hit mm-hmm. or miss, I would say, for the first half of the season. So Right. I mean, I think I would, if I had to choose, I would probably bring back Gates and then draft a center and maybe bring Gates back on a one- or two-year deal and uh, plan to replace him with, with a rookie or a draft pick in a year or two. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if I, I think it's if I hard get, to say. Yeah, I mean, I like Gates. I think he, he is solid. When it, I think he coming off that injury, I think – he needed to get his sea legs under. I think the second year will be a little bit better. I think Feliciano early struggled, and then he got better as the season progressed. I think the, the blocking scheme got simplified a little bit. Um, you know, they didn't run as well as they did early in the season, but I felt like the interior line held up a little bit better. Um, if I could bring him back on the cheap, I would, And but I agree with you. I think you do have to draft. I think you have to be smart about it and draft the center or guard combination um, but if I can bring Feliciano back, maybe have them as depth, I, I don't mind that. But I think you do have to build through the draft. And, then, you know, I love the available receivers. Not a sexy class, right? I think one of the better ones outside of OBJ, uh, you're talking about uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard is probably the sexy name, DJ Chalk. I don't know if the Lions bring him back. I think they might. But I think with Williams in tow, they might – just let him go and have, you know, St. Brown, Raymond, and, and, and Williams. That's a pretty good core. Um, you know, and then Slayton's like, you know, he's like in the top five. So, you know, not to say that he's bad, but you can see the list kind of going down from there. So, I mean, in my mind, it you got to get a receiver in the draft. And the name that everybody's talking about is Addison, Jordan Addison from uh, USC. Um I don't, do you think he'll be available that late in the draft? I mean, it's not a heavy receiver class, and a lot of these teams don't have that need for a receiver. They see him dropping to 23, I think the Giants' pick is. Do you think he'll drop that far, and is that the lock pick for the Giants? So I actually just saw today that the Giants posted that Daniel Jeremiah, in his mock draft, has Jordan Addison going to the Giants at pick number 25. So I thought that was interesting right. because I I agree. I'm not so sure that he's going to fall to us. 
But there are a couple guys like Quentin Johnson and Jackson Smith Jinkba who are probably mm-hmm. going to go sooner than him. So I think that there's a possibility that he does fall to us. Um, and if he doesn't, I think, I mean, I would like to think that there's got to be at least one of the, the top four or five wide receivers um, that are going to come to us. Um, especially with there now being so many teams that need quarterbacks. And, um, you know, I've heard that there's a couple defensive tackles who are looking really good that are projected to be maybe top 10, top 20. So I think there's going to be an interesting mix. But I, Daniel Jeremiah, has him falling to us at 25 makes me feel like he could be onto something. Yeah, I think so, too. I agree with you. I mean, if he's there, that's your pick. You got, You can't pass on that kid. I love his talent. Yeah. I think he I think he he would fit in this offense. Um and it's it's an area of need. I agree with you though. Linebacker is is a position that we sorely need. I think Jalen Smith was a good linebacker. I think he served his purpose, but you could see, you know, he would be lost in coverage at some times and he just, you know, not as as quick as you need. You need a guy that can get sideline to sideline that can cover running backs but then also cover tight ends in certain schemes and I don't think he he can he can handle that for you know for three downs so you know linebacker is an area of need the kid from Buffalo I think you said Edmonds is the, everybody's got him on their list I don't think Buffalo can keep him so um that I, but I don't know if the Giants can they, they got a lot of guys to pay and then some positions of need they need to address I think you try to address what you can in the draft I don't know if you can go in free agency and get anybody. But I mean, of the of the guys that did, did you did you want to add to that, Ariana? Did, yeah, I I I feel the same way that I I think that we have you know, and Joe Shane has made it very clear that if it was up to him, he would keep all of the players that are free agents. So I do right. think that his first priority is going to be to sign the current guys, the guys that he obviously wants to keep here. Um, but I, I, as much as I would love someone like Tremaine Edmonds to our, um, I just think that, you know, we're not the bears. We don't have a hundred million dollars in cap space. So we're really going to have to be selective and, you know, maybe there's a chance that it's because it's Buffalo that Joe Shane can work out, you know, some sort of better deal where maybe he takes a smaller contract this year and they can backload it or something like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if there's anyone that can do that, I feel like it's going to be Joe Shane. So I would feel good about that. But um, we think we just really have to focus on building through the draft. And if we get someone in free agency, it's going to be, it's not going to be one of those top five names that are going to be the most expensive and, you know, the top five talent or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you start looking at the list of of uh, unrestricted free agents, a lot of names stand out at you, and then there's some names that you can probably kick the can on. I mean, I, I want to get to that list in a minute, but I I gotta ask um, the cut list, right? There's guys that are eligible to be cut, and some that are really shockers, and some that are you know no brainers. I mean. And I think everybody universally wants Kenny Galladay cut. And I think, you know, you have to do yeah. it. I think you have to do it before June 1st or it's a bigger cap hit. But, I, I mean, I, you're in tow with me, right? Like, you, you cut, that's a cut, right? You, you cut him. Yes, absolutely. I, do you cut Leonard Williams 
or how do you handle the Leonard Williams situation in your opinion? I'm torn on this one because I know he didn't have the year that everyone wanted him to have. And, you know, in his defense, he dealt with a lot of injuries this year and he right. really was never had any injuries until now, which of course he's never had any injuries until he's on the Giants. <laughs> well, of course <laughs> that is the case. But um, I, th- you know, I think he's going to get this neck thing sorted out in the off season. I would vote for a pay cut. I think, you know, he mm-hmm. said that he's willing to do it. So I think if they can come to some sort of an agreement and, you know, I know his hit next year, 32 million, which is, I think is outrageous. So I don't know what Joe Shane thinks his value is, but I think that if we could get, if we could take a solid pay cut for him, I would keep him. Um, I do think that it's important to have veterans on the defensive line, and then I would draft and bring in, you know, some younger guys to learn from him, and, you know, maybe they only keep him on for another year or two. But he's a guy that I like in the locker room. He's a veteran. He's a smart football player. He is a good player. I think the injuries just definitely affected him this year. And I feel like if he's fully healthy, that we would see a really good Leo Williams next year. Yeah, I agree. I I would hate to to see him go. I I think, listen, first of all, the the gift that keeps on giving and Dave Gettleman, um, God, you should have (laughs) signed a contract for that guy. Yeah, you should have gave him a big contract. But I think Shane doesn't like to kick the, the can down the road as far as restructuring the deal and, and, and taking yeah. that cap hit to the next season. But I think for this case, I think you can try to do it. If, if you can get creative and restructure the deal so that maybe some of it is a signing bonus, uh, I think there is dead cap money that you have to account for. But I think that's one way to do it. Um, but I think the Giants will work it out so that they can keep them. I mean, a guy like you know, Bradbury last year, they didn't want to cut, but they had no choice. They had to cut them to, to, to just to sign their draft picks, right? Now, now a Dory Jackson is in that mix. He's a possible cut candidate. I hope to God they don't cut him because when he suffered that knee injury against the Lions, uh, returning kicks, I mean, for the love of God, um, it was the dumbest oh. thing ever. But, like, could be started you on could that. tell <laughs> – <laughs> but you could tell the difference when he um when he when he got when he got injured that defensive secondary took a little bit of a hit. He is such a key part. He was having in my opinion a pro bowl season. He was playing some really good football in the corner guarding um top receivers. So I hope they don't I hope they mm-hmm. don't cut him. I hope they figure it out. Do you do you agree? Do you want him uh, to stay on the team? Definitely. And I totally agree with what you said. My uncle and I had a couple conversations about this, that we think that if Dory didn't get injured, we would have had a couple more wins because I think there's no doubt that that team was better with him on the field. And I think, you know, we saw Fabian Moreau having such a good first part of the season until a Dory got injured. And I think to me, that's a big indicator that, not only do we need a Dory out there, but a Dory covering a number one is helping out Moreau because Moreau is not good enough to cover a number one wide receiver. And it's clear that a Dory is. So if right. we can have a Dory on a, num- a number one and someone like Davian Moreau or maybe a Cordell Flott or whoever 
on a number two, then I think we have a better shot of having better coverage and negating those big plays that have been torching us by tight ends for years and years. So I think that would be important. I, I, out of all the guys, I feel like they wouldn't cut him because we're not deep enough at cornerback. And to me, and um, I know it is to a lot of fans too, it's very obvious that he's the best cornerback on this team. So I just feel like they have to deal with a cap hit this year, whatever it is. I I don't know what his contract is. And maybe, you know, next year when Cordell Flott has an extra year in the league, um, whoever they draft, Aaron Robinson is going to come back. Like maybe when some of those guys have more practice under their belt, even someone like Rodarius Williams, then maybe they can step up and they can take over. But I just don't think that any one of them is capable of doing that yet. Not without a Dory on the field. Yeah, I, I just I can't I can't let him go. I can't let him walk because Fabian Moreau is is unrestricted. So um yeah, I, think I would he's try probably to bring him go. back. Yeah, you know, I would try to bring him back, but you know, there's a good chance you're probably not going to be able to, so you can't lose them both. I mean, you look at that that list. There's a lot of names in there. Slayton like we mentioned, um Sterling Shepard, mm-hmm. I bring him back on a team-friendly deal, a prove-it deal, maybe incentive-laden deal um i just i just love the guy i really do i feel bad for him because you know he he gets off to good starts he plays he's a good player but then he just something happens he gets injured um that's why i probably would give him a one-year deal and, and try to you know get something out of him i mean what do you what do you think do you let him go let him walk or you try to bring him back um So either way, if if they yeah. cut him, I wouldn't be disappointed. And if they brought him back for, you know, as long as it's a reasonable contract, I think it's fine. I think, you know, the thing with Joe Shane is that everyone needs to understand is that he's not overpaying for anyone. So I think that right. no matter who he re-signs or brings back in, they're going to be on a reasonable deal. So I would take someone like Fabian Moreau for that for only one more year. I wouldn't keep him longer than that. Um, right. But I will say, I mean, we got we have at least three corners coming back next year between Rodarius Williams, Aaron Robinson, and Cordell Flott. And Joe Shane has mentioned Flott by name. So I think yeah. that they feel optimistic that between those three guys – and Aaron, uh, not Aaron, um, and Adoree Jackson, uh, maybe they feel good about the cornerback position. Maybe they get rid of Moreau and they draft someone else to bring in. So I could see that yeah. scenario too. You can never have enough cover corners, especially in this league. It's a, it's a deep league. So, yeah, I, I listen, I, I, I like Sterling Shepard. I bring him back on a one-year deal. It's really a, a not even a minimum deal, but – you know, listen, you, you play X amount of games or you get X amount of catches, whatever, you start getting some incentives and, and, and it, the contract mm-hmm. is better for him. But it's, I, I, he's a leader in that team. He's, he's the longest tenure giant. So I, 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 would have, I would have trouble letting him go. Like guys like O'Shane Jimenez, I let him walk. Um, Slayton, I let him walk. Julian Love, I have to bring him back. There's no question I have to bring him back. It's got to be the right deal, to your point, though. Julian Love is a leader in that defense, especially in that secondary. Him and um, McKenney, just, they just fit. They, they, finally, they finally figured it out. And Julian Love had his best season under 
Wink Martin deal. I just I can't let him walk. But I gotta be careful because there's other guys I gotta pay. You know what I mean? So I I just but I have, yeah. I have to bring I have to bring him back. I I agree with you a hundred percent. I love him. I think that he has been amazing this year. I totally agree with what you said about Wink. There's no doubt that this has been his best season, especially if Wink comes back. I think he's only going to get better. Um, I am very curious to see what kind of deal he's going to get because I don't remember what his contract was, but I saw today that the tag for a safety, I believe, was $10 million. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to pay him that much. I heard something mm-hmm. that he was looking for around seven, and I have, I have no idea how accurate that is. Um, but I they got to work something out with him because I desperately need him to come back. I can deal with seven. I can deal with seven, eight million because you're talking about a sixty million dollar cap base for the Giants, give or take, because we got a little bit of a increase. I guess a cost of living increase in the cap space, right? It's about two hundred twenty-five <laughs> yeah. million. So, um, yeah, I mean, but there's guys to pay. I mean, I mean, let's, I mean, let's, we're beating around the bush. Let's get to the big two big guys. You got Daniel Jones, and you got Saquon Barkley. Um, Daniel Jones, we've said it uh, uh, together on on the show previously. He's he's earned his contract. He's coming back. What do you give him? Area. What 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 kind of deal do you give D- Daniel Jones? Ooh, this is a this is a hot topic. So, I I think he deserves to come back absolutely, but I think you have to take into account that he had one good year out of four. Now, I think yeah. this was his best year, and it's only going to get better. I believe that he has a lot of potential, and you know, in this offense, he's only going to grow. So. Keeping that into account, I think that he is probably going to get – I'm going somewhere between 30 and 35. I feel like $35 million is is going to be on the high end. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he ends up around 30, 32. But I think that, I think that he's going to get – I think he's definitely going to get $30 million a year and maybe for three or four years. Yeah, I I think I, that's the same and I know it's a lot, but it but it's what you got to do because you could be easily if he was an elite quarterback, you could be paying about fifty million for this guy, fully right. guaranteed. I mean, so I would. I mean, look at look at Dak Prescott, who is not yeah. an elite quarterback and pretty much ruined the Cowboys' season this year. His cap hit next year is forty nine million, and Jalen yep. Hurts, if he has another good year, forget it. They're going to be and he wins MVP. They're going to be paying him close to fifty million. So I will happily take yep. DJ for thirty-five million for the next four years or whatever it is. Yeah, he. I mean, Hertz is probably going to reset the market. I mean, Herbert is going to reset the market, and then Hertz will do that after him, right? So, um, yeah, I agree with you. Listen, three years, four years max. I wouldn't give him more than four years. I would lean towards the three years because you're right. He's he's had one good season out of his four, right? Um, and, and we're talking about the first season he got over 3,000 yards and he threw 15 touchdown passes in 16, 17 games. So 16 because he didn't play the last one. So what are we talking about here? Like that's not, you know, earth shattering numbers, right? So I think 30 million is fair. 30 million. I would fully guarantee it. We're talking a Kirk Cousins deal. 
three, four years, thirty million fully guaranteed, or or, or like a ninety million total max contract, fully guaranteed. Probably give him a signing bonus, and and then you got your guy. And listen, now you need to start getting into that conversation of, you know, pushing into that top. That we really need you to put up those kind of numbers. So I think that's fair. But I think yeah. he's your guy. I think he's the guy. Um, but if he, if something happens where you don't, you know, oh God, he's not. He's just not the answer. Three years is not a long time where you couldn't move that deal or you couldn't, you know, walk away from it and start over. So I think that's fair. Saquon Barkley Definitely. is the interesting one because I want him back, but not Christian McCaffrey money. You know what I mean? So I think the, the franchise tag for running back is around 10. Um, yep. If I'm not mistaken, 10 million. So, I think he's worth a little more than that, but I, I'm not giving you 16 million. I'm not giving you a Christian McCaffrey. What do you? What, what do you? you what, what, and I have been. Oh, bless you. No, go ahead, guy. Good. I was going to kick it to you. <laughs> I, I'm totally with you on that, and I actually just pulled my uh, TikTok following on this because I wanted to get a gauge of what people were thinking and if they, you know, who they wanted back between the two of them and and pricing and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was surprised that I had a couple people say that, you know, they think we should give Saquon, you know, 15 or 16 million. And I just said, like, look, I understand it's not your money and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day what we think or what we say. But you have to look at the league as a whole. And when someone like Zeke Elliott is getting paid, what, $15 million a year? And, look, he's a good yeah. back. He's not Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the best back in the league. But you still don't overpay people. Zeke is overpaid because Jerry Jones is a moron. That's the only reason why. <laughs> he doesn't deserve that kind of money. Christian McCaffrey right. deserves that kind of money because he can be used in the run game. He can be used in the pass game. He's got a, a ton of touchdowns, and he absolutely changed the offense in San Francisco. Now, I think that Saquon is a huge part of our offense, and I think if we lose him, it's not going to be ideal. However, I do think a running back is more replaceable than a quarterback. So, I would give Saquon not a dime more than $14 million at the most. And if it really, you know, if he wants 15 16 which, listen, I think he's smarter than that. I think he knows that he's a very good back, but he is not Christian McCaffrey-level talent. I, and he's dealt with some injury issues. So I think he knows that, you know, maybe 15 or 16 is out of his wheelhouse, especially from the Giants. So I hope that he agrees to 14, but if they can't agree on anything, I would tag him for a year and maybe draft less. He has an incredible season and you're willing to give him 16 a year for three years or something. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the tag. I don't tag Jones. I tag Saquon and negotiate. Yeah. Um, Same. I honestly say, I agree with you. Fourteen million is the cap. I can't go past that. I really hope that he is agreeable to about meet me halfway. Let's go to thirteen. Let's do that. Let's put some 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 incentives in there, and you know we can work it out. Like you know maybe some some yardage incentives, some Pro Bowl incentives, something like that, and we can figure it out. Because 
like we said, there's a lot of guys that we have to sign, and then there's still holes we have to fill. We can't, we can't, we can try to fill all those holes in the draft, but you're then you're depending on a lot of rookies on a team that's going to have expectations. Like you got to do better than right. nine wins out next season. So, um, it's just a lot of money, it, and and it, it, I know it, it doesn't look like it in the scheme of things compared to what a quarterback gets, but listen. It, Ezekiel Elliott was the exception to the rule, and he screwed it up for everybody because we're talking about a $90 million running back that they didn't trust in the divisional championship game against the 49ers when Pollard was, you know what I mean? So, and he has um, a ton of fumbles. Yeah, it's like, you know, nobody's going to trust this, you know, trust that. You can't pay running backs that kind of money. I can find a, you right. know, listen, it's, it was the – it, it was the best decision and the worst decision to draft him number two overall, Saquon Barkey. I love the kid. I think yeah. he, he's, he's, he's the face of the franchise, to be honest with you. He's obviously the best player on the team. But to draft him number two overall, it's it, now this is the situation that we're in. you got to pay him elite money. And is he really elite money? No. So then, all right, you, then you wasted the number two draft pick. You know what I mean? So it's like – you're not right. getting any return on it because you, he missed the full season. He you get really outside of his rookie year, and then you're taking this year. You didn't really get much out of him, so you got to pay him. You got to keep him, but you got to do it smart. And I think Shane is smart, and I think Barkley understands that. I hope he does. He said he doesn't run to reset the market, but come on, let's go. I mean, sixteen million is just not happening. So. We'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting off season. I mean, we got some, like you said, we got some draft picks. We got some money to play with, but there's a lot of things we got to do with that, and, and you know, with that cap space and with that money. So we'll see how it goes. But I mean, anything else you want to add before you know you, you head on out of here? And, and, you, and I, I I cook a little bit and clean. I got to do the dishes around here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I totally agree with you. And what I will say before I go is that if anyone as a Giants fan was a little hesitant or worried about the offseason and feel like, you know, we need to get an OBJ or, you know, a number one wide receiver in here, and that's the only way that we're going to win games. It's not, you know, have trust in Joe Shane. He has done wonderful so far. And, you know, you got to have trust in the coaching staff. We've seen what they've done for guys like Jones and Saquon and Julian Love, how almost every single player on this team has improved drastically this year. And I just feel like it's only going to get better than here. So I feel like, you know, we had a really good season and we ended it that way and it's only going to get better. So um, I go, I talk about the Giants all day, every day on my Instagram and TikTok. It's at New York Giants Fangirl. And when I want to keep on talking, I have a podcast that I record once a week. um, And you can find it on Spotify and Apple called Everything New York Giants. But yeah, I mean, I just I feel really good about everything, and I'm really optimistic about this off season. So I just I hope that other fans feel good about it too, because we've gone through a lot of bad football and bad decisions and terrible coaches and GMs and everything. That you know, now is the time. Let's feel good and optimistic because we we finally have a good future ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, get to get to her uh, podcast. I love listening to it. I mean, obviously because I'm a Giants fan, but you know, you Adriana knows her stuff, man. She she's she's prepared. She does her research, and you know, she comes with some good information. So I agree with you. Listen, there's a lot to be optimistic about. Trust the process. Trust what's going on. I think if anything, it was a sucky end 
the way the season ended, but it was an eye-opener because it mm-hmm. showed you how far away talent-wise we are from the Eagles and the 49ers of the league and even the Cowboys to an extent. So we, we have work to do. Now we have to trust the process that we're going to get the, the studs within here that we need at the receiver position, at the linebacker position, and at the offensive line position to, to build this thing out. So we need talent. That's, that's what's going to win in this league. So trust the process. Yeah, Adrian, absolutely. It's a, it was a blast. I love doing the show with you. I, I hope we can do another one again. I, I'm sure we're going to do a draft show at some point. So um, you're more than welcome to come. And if anytime you want to pop through, and, and cook with the chefs, you are more than welcome. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. And, you know, hopefully when we have some deals worked out, I'll uh, come back on and we, we can talk all about the new contracts and draft picks and all that fun stuff. Absolutely. And, if, you know, what? two seconds, i got to ask you, Tom Brady retired today. Just give me two seconds. Uh, what do you think about that? And then I'll, I'll let you go. Um, I am really glad because personally I'm sick of seeing him on my TV screen, although the bad news for me is that he signed a 10-year deal with Fox, so he's not going anywhere. Um, but listen, I mean, I'm, I'm not ever going to deny that he's not a good player. I mean, he what he's done in the league is absolutely impressive. You know, he's the greatest quarterback that we've ever seen. Um, he's not good enough to beat Eli Manning twice in the Super Bowl, but, you know, he's good enough to win seven other ones. So I guess that makes him a pretty good quarterback. <laughs> Fear the Mannings. Fear the Mannings. <laughs> Yeah, but no, exactly. yeah, he, he's a great, he's great, and uh, you know I'm happy that he 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 is walking away on his terms, and it was a tough season for him, but you know, um, yeah, everybody's gonna have their chance to 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 wax poetic about him, but yeah, I just wanted to definitely get your opinion, and, and you know, listen, selfishly a little bit, I, I'm tired of the guy. It was time to go. It was time to go. Time to go. <laughs> right, exactly. Time move on. Yeah. Let the young kids come on through, and let's see what they can do. Absolutely, absolutely. But thank you so much, Adrian. We'll talk soon, okay? Absolutely. You have a good night. All right, you too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The great Thanks. New York Giants fan girl is in the building with us. Thank you so much for popping through. Um, always a pleasure having her on the show. Um, she's Like I said, get to her website. She's got podcasts all over um spotify she has it on i think amazon as well so she's always a a good good resource for some giants talk but i gotta you listen i he's 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 the one that pays the bills right so i gotta bring him in the host himself tp timeless wonder every good hero needs a villain every villain needs a hero i got the best one tp timeless what's up brother Oh, then took off the blazer, loosened up the tie, stepped aside. The kitchen timeless is alive. Um, oh, I don't even know how to start right now after hearing what you guys were on. I am, I'm upset. <laughs> I feel like Drake right now. I'm upset that you guys are going belligerent in here. But um, I get it. People want to talk about the red, white, and blue, you know. So y'all got to do y'all thing. But um, uh-uh, I'm not buying it. She said. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL. What, what's going on? And you condone this. And you let her go on with this. And, and you got the nerve. And you have the nerve to be a Giants And both of you guys have the nerve to be Giants fans. It's that Christian McCaffrey is better than Saquon. 
where, how, why? Like, I, and I don't even want to parade for the Giants. This is absolute horrible. I feel like a kid fell in the forest and Jason's chasing him in the air. I feel like I fell. I feel like I fell. Because something's going to happen right now. Because, like, this is terrible. Like, like I cannot believe this. I can't. And you sat there and condoned the, the nerve of you. Like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a breath. I'm going to breathe that I'm going to okay. act like I didn't hear I'm going to act like I didn't hear that. And then, and, then, and then she sat there and said that Tom Brady's a good player. What? You like, like, <laughs> I knew that would trigger you. I knew that would trigger you. And then you said, fear the Manning. Do you, okay, so Eli beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl. Do you know how many times um, Brady was beating Peyton? Like, do you know the math on that? And then the crazy part will be, wait, who do you think is the better quarterback, Peyton or Eli? And then it's like, wait, stop the madness. Like, please stop the madness. Wait, wait, take a break. wait you know, I'm you know Peyton, Peyton, but you know Peyton has a winning record against Brady in the playoffs, right? Overall, do you know the score? Overall, do you know the score? Uh, I think it's, I think he has, it's what, five to four? I think it's it like is, or four to three. To six. Overall, it's like 15 to six. Wait no 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 in the play head to head in the in the in the playoffs head to head overall 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 head to head overall, overall yeah, okay. up like fifteen or six like it's okay disgusting. okay yeah okay no 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 I mean you you overall I think you're I think you're right in the playoffs I'm pretty sure Peyton has a winning record against Tom Brady in the playoffs now regular season you're you're right I I, I think you're 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 spot on but um. I think yeah. So it's eleven and six in all time, right? Seventeen times they played against each other. Eleven and six for um, for Brady, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, I have to look. I have to look at the. the I have to look deeper. Yeah, I can hear numbers, you googling. I can hear sure. you googling. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. No computer in front of me. I'm doing this. No computer. Yeah, yeah, in front no, no, no. You're, no, you're right. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, listen, eleven, I, I, eleven okay. and six. Okay, but I think in the playoffs, in the playoffs, Peyton has a winning record against Brady. But you know, and what is it like three to two? Out. What is it? What was the score? Like three to two? Um, it, I'm I'm not seeing. It, it's met five. Yeah, yeah, three to two. You're right, three to two. Okay, so three then the, the five, rest of the score is nine. The so the rest of the score is nine to three. He's killing Peyton, bro. He's killing him. Well, when it counts, when it counts, when it counts. But listen, we don't Brady. When it counts, Brady's Peyton ain't doing Brady's nothing. Peyton, the Peyton, come on. Peyton's not doing anything. Peyton really got a Super Bowl, and they gifted him that up against the Bears. Like, let's be real here. Like, stop this. Okay, and then you have the nerve to sit here and try to do this argument. Nine to three. In in other games, three to two in mm-hmm. postseason. So they didn't they didn't even get to see each other enough. You want to know why? Because Tom Brady was in the playoffs more than Peyton was. Mm-hmm. Peyton not, not showing up. Peyton had, Peyton had a broke neck and, and had to get it together. Peyton had to get a gift wrap Super Bowl so he could retire and leave with 149 yards passing in a in a Super Bowl game. Like he was gonna do something. He didn't even get the MVP. Stop this now. And you already know Peyton or Smokey Lider. Stop this now. Stop this now. See, this is <laughs> poor city. I apologize if this happened. I, I, I see the mess. I see the dishes that he tried to put out here on display. When he said that he had to clean up, he, he's up here trying to leave this kitchen look worthless. This this is what's happening. This is what's really happening. I cooked too. I cooked too. I, 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 I don't know what you did. You sat, you sat over there in Hibachi. 
You sat over there at a hibachi and let her cook all in front of you. She she squeezed uh, some, some um, she squeezed some sake in your face and she threw some vegetables in your mouth. All type of stuff. This is what you did. You didn't cook. You watched no, her go crazy. Don't do you that. Like, yes, I love this. You was over there clapping like hey, please, hey, please, hey, please, hey, please. You but you funny. Listen, listen. She, she, I love Adriana. She's a Jesus. She, she knows her stuff. She, she's she's awesome, and and it helps that she's a Giant fan because I can't disagree with most Giants fans. I think that's where you got upset, you know. And, and, and I, I, I even okay. do a little love to the Lions a little bit. So you So is is Christian McCaffrey better than Derrick Henry? That's a good question. That's a good question. What? This is puzzling. Uh, uh, this is puzzling. What? Yes. Yes. Stop. Yes. So Christian McCaffrey's better than Derrick Henry. I think he's. I think he's. He's overall more. I think he does more in the passing game than Henry does. And I think he when is just the last time he did play. something other than this season? This season that he had the end of the season to do something in what seven games? This he seven had some injuries, right? Huh? Injuries last year. Injuries last year. He was injured last He's been year. Injured the past four or five seasons. The best ability yeah. is availability, and you're giving him the leg up over a dude that had a two thousand yard season was going to get it again if he didn't break a bone in his foot by himself. He didn't even break it. Like with some freakish tackle or something, he broke his bone in his foot. He's gonna get two thousand yards in back-to-back seasons, and he's doing this on the Titans where there's nobody there. Right. No, listen, it's a good argument. In my in my opinion, this I think overall, an I think this is a hands down. This is a period okay. point blank end of story. Okay, that's your opinion. I, listen, I feel like I think I, I think you know when you break down every aspect of the game, I think McCaffrey can do everything Henry does. Uh, and then he's, I think he's better in the passing game. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my opinion. I, I really do. I, I think it's, he's a, he's a dual threat that Henry isn't. I, I don't think he, he's as good, he's as nearly as effective, uh, out of the backfield, uh, catching the ball, uh, unless it's a screen pass. But, um, I mean, listen, I, I, I think speed, he's faster. I think, like they say, he's got better hands. But I think the a power back, there's no question about it. That Derrick Henry, uh, King Henry, King Henry, is 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 far and above a lot of people in this league. So, real, you're comparing a running back to catching. So you're, you're you might say a receiving back. This this is what you're labeling oh. him. We're talking about a running back. You're saying that he's catching the ball out of the backfield. Listen, you know how I many ninety yard runs this dude had? Derrick Henry at six four, two sixty, like this dude is carrying luggage and getting to the house easy and got speed for to get away from corners and safeties to be that big. Like, I think McCaffrey's quicker, but he gets caught a lot. He gets caught a lot mm-hmm. and the way he gets away with a lot of stuff because he's short, so he's hiding behind a lot of those walls. They know Derrick Henry's coming and don't know what to do with him. That's a business decision. That like Seriously, and he's doing this, and, and, he's, and he's doing this, and he's doing this with Tannehill. Like Tannehill is going to end up losing that job either this season or next season. Soon come, they are going to get a new quarterback in Tennessee. He's not yeah. the guy. He is not that yeah. guy, and he's still able to yeah. be effective with them defenses. Have to worry on how we're going to stop twenty-two. This, this, this is a no. But I, I beg the difference. This, this is point blank. Period. Okay. The end. Like. If Derrick Henry was in a different system anywhere outside of 
a quarterback, like, he needs a quarterback, period. Like, if Tannehill won't dare, if he had another quarterback, it'd be different. But he got to work mm-hmm. with what he worked with, and he's still able to be a fan. He had a 2,000-yard season with Ryan Tannehill. Think what would happen if it was a decent quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, quarterback, I, what, would, what would happen? Yeah. I mean, in my in my opinion, he's got to go. Um, I don't know if Will, uh, Willis is um, – I don't know if he's the guy, but I I know he, Danny Hill. You can't yeah. you can't do it anymore. You can't do it anymore. Malik's not even the guy. Like hell no, they need a quarterback. Like I feel bad that they might have to jump after like um Jimmy Garoppolo after what Shanahan said today. Shanahan says there's no way that Jimmy G's coming back. So yeah. they're getting ready to deal him. They might well, have to go after a guy like him because he, he's a former yeah, Patriot he's a, he's and they're not a fit well with with uh, Vrabel because Vrabel's gonna you know try to work that power run game. It keeps that intermediate right. passes going, and that's something that works for Garoppolo. So it's funny what San Francisco is going to do trying to get rid of Garoppolo right now, and, and um, Trey Lance is coming back from broken ankles too. So if Purdy's elbow is messed up, they 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 going off of all damaged goods like with some some very heavy yeah. injuries like Purdy, Trey Lance, and they don't and, and Johnson. If they go with Josh Johnson as the third string. Wrap that up. I don't. I don't know what Kyle Shanahan's up to. This is this is funny that every time he gets to this point in the season, he fumbles the ball and then has some questionable comeback to it. And I, I don't know how the Niners got back to this other than that defense. But um, we see how that offense looks when the pressure's on the line and the lights are on. I mean, you bring up an interesting point, TP. I mean, if you're San Francisco, who are you rolling the dice on? If if you're Shanahan, if you're if you're, you know, John Lynch and, and you're running that organization, who are you running, rolling the dice on as your quarterback? Garoppolo came back. Like, he, he didn't suit up for the game, but he was ready to, like, they said he was able to practice. So, if he's able to go, I'm keeping him there. Like, I'm, I'm going to wow. keep the one that's, you know, ready. Purdy just tore the UCL. So, like, what does that yeah. look like in his throwing arm? Like, this this is an early injury for a guy that was doing well. He was doing well, but, like, he's going to have to go up against teams that he's now the hunted because they're all going to be like, we got to stop him. They're going to send interesting blitz packages, and what Torres need was an interesting blitz package that got home and messed him up. Picture him seeing that and getting, you know, scary feet, you know, worried in the pocket, and he started making erratic throws. This can happen. Like, and Trey Lance, I, I don't know how that works. He broke both his ankles. Both, uh, this is – we got to see how he's able to move. Like, that, this is a lot. Like, I don't know. That to me, Purdy Purdy's gonna be the guy soon to come because his, his legs and stability are there. His arm, we have to see how he can throw because he couldn't throw at all in that game, and that's that's what made me so mad. Like it's like you put him in the game, Kyle Shanahan. You weren't you weren't prepared at all to not try to get another quarterback in that that cavalry at all. You went with two quarterbacks. The third quarterback was Kyle Usick, your fullback. Like you got to at least get the, the practice squad quarterback got to come up something. Somebody's calling plays and throwing up gang signs next to the quarterback coach. Something got to happen. You you mean to tell me that you're going with a rookie that's going up against a top two defense? He ended up getting injured. I didn't want to see that happen. When he gets injured, you brought in Josh Johnson that was on 14 teams in his NFL career. Something has to give. Like something has to give. And then he got hurt, and he put Purdy back in the game in harm's way. Shannon, I, I don't get it at all. And this is you. Third time, brought that third, up time, last third night. time in the last seven years that you've messed up the end of somebody's season twice in the Bay. You see, Chandler brought that up last night too, and I think Sirius brought it up last night at NFL Free For All. 
I can't kill Shanahan for that. And and I know you you I I understand your points and I think they're valid, but it's not his job to 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 put the roster together. That's that's John Lynch's job. Like, why are you bringing him in the building? And listen, I can't I can't plan for everything. I could you know hope for the best, plan for the worst, sure. But I can't anticipate Brock Purdy's gonna you know tear his UCL, basically have Tommy John surgery. That he he you know I mean like yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. That's your backup quarterback, but nobody anticipates that happening. Nobody goes into the game saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to lose my quarterback today. I'm, I'm going to be ready for that. Nobody's ready for that. I understand what you're saying. Like, you shouldn't have let that get to that point where, you know, you might have to put Johnson in the game when there was other quarterbacks available, but I can't kill him for that. But now you got Purdy. He's not going to be ready for in, at least until August, at the very earliest in my opinion, because they said it's a six-month recovery time. He's not going to have that surgery anytime soon, so he's not going to be ready to start the season. Garoppolo's a free agent. They said he, they already said he's not coming back. So, and I, I think that your your call about Garoppolo to Tennessee is very interesting. I thought he might go to, to New York if they don't, if, they're, if the Jets aren't able to get Rodgers, but I think that's very interesting. I think, honestly, the 49ers they either roll the dice on Lance, Trey Lance or they try their hardest to do anything to get Aaron Rodgers in the building, especially now that Tom Brady retired, which I want to ask you about in a minute. Tom Brady would have been the easy free agent pick. You wouldn't have to give up assets for him. Now he's off the board. I think it's either Rodgers or you've got to stick with Lance because Purdy's not going to be ready. Garoppolo, you're, you're almost out of options other than that or we're going into the draft. You know what I mean? And I don't know who you're going to get in the back end of the draft. So I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting what the 49ers do going forward. They got a lot of questions asked. And they got a, almost a ready-built team. They just need a quarterback. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of been their MO for a while. You, you traded a lot of assets to get Lance. And now you might have to try trade assets to get his replacement. Uh, ouch! I don't know, but uh, Tom Brady retired TP um, today early this morning. Posted a video on his uh, his Twitter account. Uh, wasn't a very long video, but you know, it was a, you know, had some emotion behind it. Said he's definitely retired, not coming back. Um, just talk to me about Tom Brady TP. Before you get away from it, this is Tom. Yeah, yeah. Um, hold on. This is Karma. This, this is Nas made a song about it. It's called What Goes Around Comes Around. You haven't heard yep. it. It's on the Stillmatic album. And they did this to Kaepernick. They got rid of Kaepernick. They had quarterback issues. They're having quarterback issues and relying on Trey Lance. His key to his success is mobility, and he has both broken ankles. You're going to have to worry about a quarterback going into this season. He has a six, six-month window being Brock Purdy. You don't know what that's going to look like. Do you draft a quarterback? Look at how many situations you're going to run through because you need a quarterback. Karma. Now, for Tom Brady, I get it. I'm as shocked as everybody else, but in my own mind, head and heart, I'm not really shocked because it's like this August, Tom Brady would have been 46 years old. Like, when were you going to quit, Tom? Like, like, this dude is yeah. amazing, awesome, great. Somebody came in here and said he's good. I, I don't – I beg the death for Great, legendary, classic. <laughs> like so many superlatives you could put in front of him. It's like, what, are you chasing your eighth championship? 
but he's been around the likes of Dion. He's been around the likes of Michael Jordan. And one thing about Dion Sanders, and I think probably he probably got a better conversation with Michael Jordan. Dion Sanders said, "I always had to chase that dog. I kept that dog in me. So that's why I went out mm. to Baltimore and played with Baltimore, knowing that I shouldn't have been on the field, but I played because I had that dog in me. Knowing mm. that Dion's a big fan of Tom Brady, knowing that Dion has a son working out with Tom Brady, he probably had that conversation at times like, you know what? Let me ride this wave as far as I can and see what I could do. And unfortunately, it came to an end here." after losing to the Cowboys in the playoffs. Now, the one thing about Tom Brady is, to me, I'm like, what else was he chasing? Were you really chasing an eighth championship? Were you going to win this year and then walk off into the sunset, like how they try to set that, uh, you know, that storyline for Peyton Manning at the end of the day? I don't know, but just kind of save face. At least Brady can go into the Hall of, like, 51. He'd be 51 years old going into the Hall, so that looks decent, you know. At least that's cool. But other than that, I'm I'm not – truly stunned. I just wanted to see it now that him push this all the way to like May, June, July, and they'd be like, you know what, I quit. At least he's doing it now and is out the way mm-hmm. and he's not holding the Buccaneers hostage. And plus, Tampa has their karma coming. I'm about to talk about it in a little bit. But um, Yeah, go ahead. Go for he, it. Go he's, for it. He's, he's, leaving, he's leaving the game at this point in time right now, but this is the one thing that I'm laughing at Tampa Bay. You guys are going straight defense, and your defense is crappy. I wanted to say another word for it. Please forgive me. The defense is crappy. I don't know how you're going to believe in Todd Bowles to carry this team into the future. You had a fall guy, and blaming this on Byron Leftwich and getting rid of Leftwich when Leftwich yeah. and Brady had a good camaraderie. I think that's something that key that was a key to letting Brady lead because this was somebody that was on his level, like same age and seeing a lot of the game the way they seen it and get rid of Leftwich. It's like I'm not sticking around Tampa and um, having to work this on my own shoulders, Tampa's going to be bad. They're going to be bad next year. Um, they may end up losing Julio Jones, too, because Julio's at the end of his run. Julio should probably retire his dog on self. It's going to be Godwin. And if Evans still has it in him, which I, I feel like he's an effective receiver, but not, not as good as he was like the past couple of years, he's going to need a quality receiver, and they're going to go to Blaine Gabbert. This is Tennessee Titans. We've been talking about Tennessee Titans. The theme should be the doggone Titans right now because this is going to be Blaine Gabbard's show because they wanted to go to Blaine Gabbard before this season started when Brady said he was coming back. Or are they going to go Kyle Trask? Because Kyle Trask has been yeah. sitting back there too. They, they both are questions. Exactly. And it ain't even church. It ain't even Sunday. But I, I guess I'm preaching to you. You call it for them. <laughs> so this, this, is, this is what's happening. And they're going to be bad. Embrace yourselves. And I have a serious question for all of you out there. All of you football fans, that were following Tom Brady from Foxborough, Massachusetts to Tampa Bay, Florida. Where do you go now? Because I know you're not staying in Florida to be a Buccaneer fan, and I know doggone well you're not going back to Foxborough to run with Mac Jones. Where do you go now? So this is very interesting to see how this all pans out. Brady, I salute you. I'm going to tell you the truth. After you lost that second Super Bowl to the Giants, I did not think that you would win another one. You won four more after that, and I, I had to cave in. I had to give you your GOAT status because I didn't think you were going to get it done. I, I thought after five Super Bowls, I didn't think you were going to get there again. You got there so many different times. It, it made me push that narrative straight to the side. I, I would not follow uh, Max Kellerman saying that you're going to get to the cliff. I could care less if you if you were under 500 this season. This is the first season that this happened in, 20, mm-hmm. in, in two decades, like – Gosh, and these people called him good. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't know. But this, 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 this is this is the New York fans. I, I, this is these are the people, man. But I, 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 get, 
I understand. I get it, man. In the words, in the words of Tracy Morgan, a, a line, a line that Barry loves the best. Better go ahead. Better go ahead. <laughs> I mean, that's just you know, we, we in New York, we don't we don't have feelings for Tom Brady like that. We know he's the goat. We know he's the greatest quarterback. But you know, eh, whatever, man. He's got, you know, but but we all we all respect his greatness. But you unpacked a lot there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay goes after Lamar Jackson hard, hard to get him in the building. You want you want a hundred like two hundred and thirty million guaranteed? Yeah, here you go. Because they are in desperate need of a quarterback. So I wouldn't be surprised. And he's from Florida too, right? Lamar Jackson, he's from that area, I think. So he's from Florida, um, but he needs an They can't run with Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go after him. But yeah, listen, um I think you're spot on with Byron Leftwich, uh using him as a scapegoat when it was the defense that failed him this year miserably. Uh Byron Leftwich, you know, and, and it bothers me. I wanna ask you really quick, T P like how is it the fact that Byron Leftwich won a Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator, can't get an interview or it really can't get looked at, but Kellen Moore is is mutually uh, release from his Cowboys, uh, you know, obligation, and then immediately has a job in, in Los Angeles with the, with the Chargers. How is that possible? Michael Jackson made a song about it in 1992, and it's based off of colors. If you don't know the colors, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Um, that's all I can really say about it. Um, Byron Leftwich has been effective, and the worst part about it is he was soaking up what he didn't know from Tom Brady. Like, like I can see... If yeah. it was, let me think around the league, like um, Geno Smith, or hmm, let me throw another name in there. Let's, let's be interesting. Or Mac Jones, or um, hmm, Mr. Bisky, <laughs> or, or, or Pickett. Or, or, I'm just trying to like, throw names out there that you you think Byron Leffers is sitting there that he watched the game so much in Jacksonville and Pittsburgh and being around Ben Roethlisberger, Super Bowl caliber right. quarterback. That you said, you know what, he's going to be behind Tom Brady, and you know what, um, I, I don't think he's that guy. And uh, we're losing in Tampa while the whole team got injured, the offensive linemen included. And we're going to say, you know what, it's your fault, Byron. Just get out of here and find a greener pasture to run to. It's like, wait, what? Like, So I don't get it, especially with Kellen Moore, that I talk to Cowboy fans every single day at a, a, a premium, and they all were in, like, Jubilee when they heard Kellen Moore was done. Like they were like, "Oh my goodness, good right. riddance." And and a lot of them blame the the shortcomings or the fall off of Dallas on Kellen Moore. So you mean to tell me guys like Eric Bieniemy and Byron Leftwich don't get the credit? They just got to sit there behind somebody and not get their due. It's enough is enough right now. Enough, enough is enough. Um, that's the only way I could really look at this. That's the only way I can. Like these guys are. Successful and, and hell, I don't, I don't really believe Tampa should have let Leftwich go at all. Like, what happened other than them getting injured and Tom Brady being forty-five? Like that, that's I, I don't get that at all. That Tampa Bay situation is going to be in shambles next year. If they do well next year, I got to eat crow or humble pie or whatever. But I doubt. It. I think they may be at the bottom of the NFC South, and they were already eight and nine this season. Picture how it's going to yeah. be next season. Yeah, and it's too far to fall, right, at the bottom of that division. But, yeah, I mean, Kellen Moore, decided, he, he's definitely the fall guy. I think this is McCarthy's, like, listen, uh, well, not McCarthy, Jerry Jones is like, McCarthy, if you don't get it done, I got rid of my golden child 
you know, like, I, I want the nice. Like, that, you know, Kellen Moore was the golden child for me. I had him groomed, ready to, to take your job. I had to let him go. If you can't get it done with this 40, $49 million quarterback, then you're, you're next. And I don't want to hear anything else. So McCarthy better get it right with the coordinator that he picks um, and get this get, get – he has to get Prescott right. And, and if he doesn't, it's going to be all over for him. But, yeah, listen, Kellen Moore was the fall guy. He falls into a nice situation with a really good quarterback in, in, in Justin Herbert. But you're telling me you would take Kellen Moore over Brian Leftwich? I mean, that's just, that's, just the, the, that's just the color. Like, you know, color, color. Colors. Like that's all we're talking about at this point because uh, Byron Leftwich has a he has a track record he has a Super Bowl win so I don't know what we're talking about here but whatever um that's that's the name of the game um yeah listen um I, I wanna I wanted to to you know I think we'll talk probably you'll, you'll talk a lot of football on, on your show the te- uh, the timeless uh, Sunday brunch uh, Sundays eleven o'clock Eastern Standard Time shameless plug. Uh, you guys always do a great job with there. I wanted to, to pivot to basketball real quick, man, because you know, I you know, I watched the Knicks in the, the Lakers last night. Uh, the Lakers coming off a back to back where LeBron and AD didn't play play the previous game. What a surprise! I can't I can't stand load management. It's driving me crazy. Um, but LeBron James is inching closer to 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 the record of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He passed uh, Mark Jackson. And uh, Steve Nash on the all-time assist, uh, so he's got over 10,900 assists, I think, for his career. So he's number four all-time. And then he's, got, he's I think, 86 or 89 points away for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, I want to ask you, TP, do you think LeBron is the greatest scorer ever? Uh, as an accumulation of points, I mean, I can't doubt that. Like, yeah, that's where he's at an accumulation. But like, game by game, like when they throw the ball up, no way. Like, no way. There's, there's way, way more players that I've seen or heard of in a basketball game that can put points up in a hurry, or if need be, or by averages, they'll kill LeBron. But LeBron's body is durable enough to get him through two decades of play and consistently give you at least twenty points or better a night. But no, I right. I beg to differ. I, I think uh, too many people have won championships on his watch that score more than him. Like Steph Curry has gotten a few in front of him. Steph Curry's neck to neck with him right now. I think Kevin Durant scores better than LeBron James, even though LeBron has yeah. a big gap on him on point accumulation in a career. But Kevin Durant scores the ball way better than LeBron. Um, after a while, if LeBron's not hitting that three that he's just throwing up now, now LeBron's turning into a three-point shooter if you have not watched the Lakers game. Um, if he doesn't, right. LeBron will drive to the lane, do a spin move, and either get a layup or a dunk. That's what he wants to do, or run as hard as he can on a break and get a dunk, like finish with a dunk. Like that's he's scoring the ball, yes, but he's not a scorer. I'm not, I'm not looking at it like that. And of course, I cannot ever say LeBron could score better than Michael Jordan. I'm, I'm sorry. That's why he wore 23. That's why he's wearing six. <laughs> Two times three is six. Like, believe me, there's, there's many different ways of LeBron trying to attach his name to Mike, even trying to say yes. I'm the GOAT. After I came back 3-1 down, I'm the GOAT. You you know dog and why you're not. When he said it in that interview, he was smiling. Like, like you you are self-acclaiming yourself. Nobody else is giving that to you. Like, I no. Right. LeBron, you're an awesome player. You're a great – you're a legend at the end of the day, but not so fast. Finish this career first and let people peg you there. And um, 
to be brutally honest, I want to see if this scoring impact or power that you have can carry you to an NBA Finals with this Laker team that you want as constructed. And that's a tall task, and I don't feel it's fair to him, but this is what you wanted at the end of the day. So um, hopefully this scoring gets you there. Yeah, I mean, it, I would love to disagree with you just so we can have an argument, but I I totally agree with you. Like, and, and one person I heard brings up a great point. He he is going to be the all-time scoring champion. I don't look at him as a scorer. Like, I look at him as a guy that's accumulated points in his career. He's got the, you know, compiling aspect of it. you got to play a long time to beat, to, 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 to take down Kareem uh, record and, and stood for thir- almost 30 years, over than 30 years, I would think. So, but he does so many other things well or great. That I, I don't look at him as just a scorer. Like Jordan was a great defender. He was the 36 and six guy for his career, which he doesn't get enough credit for. But you look at him as a scorer, right? LeBron scores. He rebounds. He assists. He plays defense. Like he does so many other things great that I, it's hard to me to, to put him in a box and say you're just a scorer. Like you're just a great scorer. You know what I mean? So I totally agree with you. And it's like. I know, like, you know, I have family members, and I know LeBron fans. I know you know LeBron fans are going to, you know, come back at you and say, oh, he's got the record. He's a scoring record. He's the greatest scorer. Like, I, I, I'm not looking at the points as the, the, the litmus test for him being the greatest scorer. Like, he's not, a, he's not a better scorer than Kobe. LeBron does – he's got the record, but he does so many other things great. And that's, that's what makes him a great player. Not, you know, if, if it was just scoring, I'm not going to put that on there because he's not a really great shooter. He's a, he's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter. Um, he's a terrible free throw shooter, in my opinion, for a guy that, that scores so much. I mean, he's like 70% for his career. Um, that, I mean, if he was a scorer, he would do everything to score. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's an aspect of his game 20 years in that he's never improved upon. So, I, it's just that's just not gonna that's just not gonna cut the mustard for me. But yeah, I, and listen, marvel at this guy. Um, congratulations when he does break that record. Um, it's it's no small feat. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar doesn't get enough credit for how great he was. Like TPU, know he is the greatest high school basketball player. He's the greatest college basketball player. Um, and he's top three, probably top two, if you ask certain people, uh, NBA players of all time. He's dominated at every level. I think Jordan's a GOAT, but Kareem doesn't get enough credit for how great he was. Um, so for LeBron to pass that is, is you know, it's something that we'll never, we might never see again. You know what I mean? We might not ever see somebody take down LeBron, this record that LeBron's about to pass. So, I, I, you know, we have to marvel in that, but yeah, I don't, I don't look at him as a score. I don't look at him as, a, as an all-time great scorer. So, um, but you know, congrats to him. He's gonna, he's gonna do it. And you know, he, I give him a lot of crap, but I also gotta, you know, get praise or praises too. The guy's, he's, he's a great player. Um, yeah, I definitely want to hit on that. I mean, um, TP, I want to ask your opinion on, um, before we get out of here, um, you know. It, it would it would have been the news that I would have started with with you, but since Tom Brady retired, um, you know he's the goat. You know, definitely top. You know, top the best quarterback ever. You know, people top five list change and 
you know, they're intertwined or whatever. I, you know, I, I have my list and you have your list. I think ours are pretty similar. But the other news that happened was Sean Payton, you know, getting quote unquote traded. I guess you could say, I guess you say traded, right? Uh, but, you know, Sean Payton working out a deal, the Broncos working out a deal to get Sean Payton from under his contract with the Saints to be the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Um, can you handicap that whole situation? Is is it a good move? Can he succeed in Denver? Can he resurrect the career of Russell Wilson? Is Russell Wilson fixable at this point? What do you think about that whole situation? Um, this is very interesting because he actually gets the cavalry of that receiving core together, as Tim yes. Patrick sat out for the entire season at the beginning. So hopefully that he's healthy at the start of this season and he gets a mobile Drew Brees. I, I think Russ moves way better than Drew Brees. I think he throws the ball better than Drew Brees, too. Um, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just terrible because Russ had a bad season with a, uh offensive-minded coach that was more of a pocket passer, you know, friendly coach when he was with Rodgers. It's like a Rodgers system trying to fit Russell Wilson at this point in time where Russell's kind of set in his ways, and now it's going to be more of a – architect of an offense in front of Russ. Now, if Russ looks bad with Sean Payton, now we have a bigger issue. Hackett, I mean, I can't take too much away from him because he's had success with Aaron Rodgers, but they've been together for quite a while. And for Russ to go from so much of an impact in Seattle to come to Denver already down a a horse is interesting. So I want to see how this happens. But I think this is a big pickup for Denver. Now we're going to see some fireworks in the AFC West. Now we'll see if Herbert and – company and the charges are really real and if the Raiders can get out of the smog out of their own way because uh, with them losing Derek Carr I feel like they're going to be at the bottom of the division unless they get a stud at the quarterback position. I don't think Jared Stidham's that guy so I think this could put Denver back in that talk of trying to catch Kansas City because Kansas City's still the talk of that division. Yeah I mean it's going to be a tough division right Kansas City to your point they're the cream of the crop um Creme de la creme. I mean, to be the man, woo you got to beat the man, and they're going back to the Super Bowl. Chargers are right there. I mean, I I think Peyton wanted to go to the Chargers. I think that was where he he wanted to be, I think, but they just couldn't work it out. Okay, and that's what I heard, that it, it just it wasn't in the cards. It may, it may have been bad timing, what have you, but for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. But, um I, I think it's a good situation in Denver. They're going to give them control. Um, it's a good organization, a good fan base. I think you could do a lot worse than Russell Wilson. I think Russ got humbled this year, absolutely humbled. And I think it was to the point where he thought he was not better than what he was, but he could do more than what he could. And it was like, no, 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 no. This is what you need to do. This is how you, you're going to win this game. You know what I mean? And how you're going to win games and how we're going to get back to the Super Bowl. So, um, he, I think he's got to realize his limitations. He's got to real, Peyton's got to reel him back in and say, all right, this is how we're going to win. This is how, what you're going to do. And this is how we're going to do it. Um, so I, I think he can do it. I think if anybody can do it, it's Sean, it's Sean Peyton. He worked to your point with Drew Brees, who, a lot of people gave up on when he had that really bad shoulder injury in San Diego. Um, he was a big free agent pickup for the Saints, but 
you know, not a lot of people thought he was going to be that good because he was short. He didn't have the big arm. And Sean Payton, you know, got a Super Bowl out of him and, and turned that franchise around. You know, the Saints were a laughing stock, right, of, of the league. And that Saints organization, that Saints team um, is a perennial, you know, playoff contender because of Sean Payton and Drew Brees. So I think if anybody can turn this around, this situation around, and can be Sean Payton. So, um, yeah, he's got a defense to work with. You, I totally forgot about Tim Patrick with that injury he suffered. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it's in the cards for the for the Broncos to fix it. Um, so let's hope they do. I, I got to ask you about the, the Demarco Ryan, Ryan though, um, taking the job in ten, in, uh, in Houston. Uh, where he played for six seasons as a linebacker, and now he goes there on a six-year deal to be their head coach. Do you like that deal, TP, or not? I was a, I was happy a guy like him got the job, got a job, but I just wasn't happy that he went to Houston. Do you do you see it differently, TP? Um, I'm like like I usually joke with you like this with with your mm-hmm. laugh, but I'm like literally laughing at the Houston Texans. Um, just because D'Amico Ryans did well at San Francisco with the San Francisco defense, you're going to go after him and try to pull a name after name to try to make this successful in Houston where they don't have big-name quality right now. You have a whole offense to fix, and you brought a defensive mind in there. The defense is all right with Houston. The defense is all right with Houston. You got rid of every offensive power that you could think of, including pieces that are there on the offense that want to leave now. I, I, this is terrible that Houston is doing this to D'Amico Ryans. What if he's not successful and he's another coach that gets set up in there for one year and could probably get sent down a river because he's not successful. But I don't think they would let him go after a year because they're bringing in a staff. It's not just him. But um, I think he's a good hire, but I think this is going to be a process. I think this is a two- to four-year window for the Texans. The Texans are horrible, terrible <laughs> Mal, whatever, whatever name you want to attach to them, they are that bad. Um, especially with them to go the past two seasons with a coach for a season and got rid of them, and they were both of African American descent. And you bring another one yep. in there to like try to save face. Stop it! I, I'm, this is horrible. I mean, I'm laughing at them with all intent to laugh at them, not intent to be like in a joking manner. You guys are a joke of a uh, franchise. That that's terrible. Right. I mean, I just – listen, they better give him more than one year. Because this, this – D'Amico Ryans is a smart, smart coach. He's the hot commodity. The fact that they were able to get an interview with this guy, let alone hire him, is is a wonder. Because, to your point, this organization is a joke. How they've treated J.J. Uh, Watt and, and then, you know, like how they traded Hopkins for pennies on the dollar, how they just – just systematically dismantled this team, covered up whatever they thought they were covering up with, with Watson. They, they're culpable, just as culpable as anybody else. Um, it's a bad organization. So I hope Ryan can come and change the culture and really build a winner down there because I'm rooting for him, not just because he's an African-American, but I think he's a good coach. And I, I think he's a, he can really do some damage in this league. So they better give him more than one season. They better give let this guy fulfill his contract and let him build this thing because he's got a long way to go. Um, he's got a, a lot to do. Um, he's got he's to start like – Almost like like uh, 
Brian Dable. He's got to build this culture. He's got to build a winning culture here. And, you know, they they don't even have the tradition that the Giants had. So it's a it's an uphill climb for him. I hope he gets it. I hope he I hope he does because he's a, he's an easy guy to root for. He really is. So, um, yeah, that's that, they just better give him more than one season. I be how will be I will be pissed. And if he doesn't get more than one, there better not be another African American person that interviews for this this team ever again. Don't do it. If you do, I Sports City Chefs will not support your 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 decision. At, at any point, so that's how I feel about that. But timeless, man. You got anything to add, man? I know you're we, jumping around, but you know you brought so many good dishes. I had to eat off the plate a little bit, brother. No, you you pretty touched a lot with the Giants talk, man. I'm I'm, I'm coming in the next Giants talk. If she starts going off the rails, I'm slapping everybody play off the table. I'm acting <laughs> up. I'm acting like uh, Martin in that movie. Um, with the diamond blue streak, I'm I'm acting just like that, man. With the mustard and everything, I'm not playing around. <laughs> if y'all come up here and doing that crazy stuff, I'm I'm not having it. I'm not. This this will not go on any longer. The only thing I must say, Sports City, they did get to me, man. The sport world finally got to me. As much as I tried to block and protect and stay quiet and stay humble, as of today, Barry missed this one. The Detroit Lions lose Deuce Staley to the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers pulled my assistant head coach down to Carolina to go help out the Panthers because him and Frank Reich have uh, camaraderie of being Philly together. And, and I'm kind of up and down about it because, uh, you know, Deuce was doing well with the running game. Even though the line mm-hmm. was doing great, the passing game was working. I think Deuce kind of left because the passing game became prevalent. With the Lions, I think he wants to force more of that running game, but it's a good balance. Um, but he, he's the one coach I didn't want to see it through. The one, the other one I'm worried about now is Aaron Glenn because the Cardinals want him, but there's six other candidates. I'm hoping they leave as much of this coaching staff alone, but they are coming after almost all of the coaches in Detroit. So pray for my boys, man. We, we try to do the best that we can to keep them in-house. Hopefully they keep this door closed and start paying these coaches, man. Forget just all of the players. The coaches deserve some coin too, but Deuce, I'm mm-hmm. I'm 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 shaking my head at you because you haven't been here this long and, and didn't want to see this through. And we got good after the second season of you being there, but nevertheless, wish you success down there in Carolina. I feel like we got something that's cooking better than down there in Charlotte, but we'll see. But um, that's the one thing that I'm kind of weary about is losing Deuce Staley at this point in time. Yeah, listen, um, you should be happy. Because when when teams start poaching your, your your staff and start coming after you're doing something right. So I, I listen. I know it's I I honestly thought he was the offensive coordinator. I was so gassed on him during hard knocks. I love watching this dude. He had that energy. Um, he the, the, you could tell like the the players love playing underneath him. The running backs. He he really got the most out of out of your two headed monster. Um, out there in Swift and, and Williams. So, um, it, you know, congratulations to him. I'm sure he's going to Carolina to be the OC. Is he going to be the OC or is he just joining the staff? Do you know? It says joining the staff, but I know it, it might be along the lines of assistant head coach or something with the offense. Could be a running back coach. I don't know. But I think he's trying yeah. to help rebuild that and get credit for it instead of it being more of a Ben Johnson credential situation in Detroit where yeah. I feel like there was yeah. more of a, a system thing 
but Ben Johnson is the forefront leader because once Anthony Lynn left, he picked up the reins and Detroit started winning after going 0-11 at that point in time. Yeah, I do like uh, Johnson. I, and I'm, I'm telling you, you, if anything, you guys had a really good staff offensively and defensively. A lot of former players. Um, Mark Brunel was on the staff. I think he's the quarterback coach. So, um, you know, you got, you have a good staff. You got a good team. You got good players. Um, I think the culture has finally turned the corner. So, I, you know, like I said, when, when other teams want people on your staff to try to rebuild theirs, you're doing something right. So um, as much of it as it sucks, I, I, you got to say, you got to tip your cap. And I think Deuce Daly is going to be a good coach in this league. I really do. I, 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 like I said, I love his energy. I love what I saw. Um, I think he's going to be a really good coach in this league. But, um, yeah, listen, uh, always a pleasure, uh, TP, doing the show with you, uh, talking whatever we can talk, um, getting going back and forth. It's all love, man. Um Listen, get to the website, sportscitychefs.com. Thank you to our sponsor, uh, PHI Apparel. Get to their website, uh, phiapparel.co. Use the promo code CHEF. Get 15% off your order. Um, you know, like I said, promo code CHEF. Use that promo code. Get your, get your Philly gear. You know, they're in the Super Bowl, so you might want to talk that talk that ish, you know, get that swag up there. Uh, shout out to New York Giants and girl, uh, Asiana Arafola. A uh, friend of the program coming in talking some Giants football. I'm sure we'll, we'll cook it up again pretty soon. Um, and and listen, shout out to all our chefs uh, who who make this uh, a, a network that it, we can be proud of. Uh, Sirius Chandler, Mike uh, Hughes actually st- stopped by and, and cooked with us last night. It was a full show. We had a lot of fun. Uh, Mr. Harvey as well. So uh, shout out to those guys. Get to the website uh, sportscitychefs.com. Uh, we're doing a lot of big things. So, TP, you know what to do, man. Get us out of here, bro. Um, as I was told uh, by a chef, former chef, return chef, this is show 3000, Sports City. So thank you for everybody that's been through the ups and downs and bumps and bruises that we've all been through. But um, I'm glad to be here from day one until this point. Um, shout out to everybody that's been showing us love from PHI Apparel. Adriana, even though you're going crazy, I'm coming for you, girl. All of the chefs that's been in here putting work and cooking like crazy, all that good old food for thought, hopefully they're still doing these dishes. And if they don't know, you already know what time this is. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend, it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh.